This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 15, Remote Deposition Protocols for COVID and Beyond. I'm Jim Garrity. In this episode, I just wanted to pass along an outstanding set of remote deposition protocols that you can use and adopt in litigation where remote depositions are required, likely, or just desirable. It's from a very complicated class action that's actually been around since August of 2016. Lots of parties, lots of lawyers. To give an example, the first 100 entries in the federal docket are mostly notices of appearance from lawyers in the case uh, that are from some of the top law firms in the world. The order in question was entered by a highly respected senior federal judge, Lewis Kaplan, out of the Southern District of New York, and the order itself is actually the negotiated product of the counsel in the case. Anyway, I highly recommend you get a copy of the order and adapt it as you see fit for your remote depositions. I'm not going to go into the specific detail of the 14-page order other than to tell you some of the things that it covers, but I will give you the case site, and if you can't find it any other way, uh, you can email me and I'll gladly provide you a copy. Uh, My email address is jim at jimgarritylaw.com. The case is Richard Dennis et al. versus J.P. Morgan Chase and Company, N.A. et al. Uh, federal case number 16CV06496, L.A.K. It's docket entry 419 on the federal PACER docket. And the Westlaw site is 2020 Westlaw 565-8624 at pages 1 through 7. Again, from the Southern District of New York, entered September 23, 2020. So what does the order cover? Uh, Just a sample list of topics. Who can be physically present with the deponent in these remote depositions? Whether and under what circumstances a court reporter can be present in person or must appear remotely? The required technology for the remote depositions? The types of technology that must be used or can be used by the deponent? Who must mute their audio while the witness is testifying? how exhibits are going to be handled, meaning specifically what should be done if the witness says he or she wants hard copies of the exhibits rather than to simply view an exhibit on a screen, who can and cannot be shown on video if the deposition is videotaped, how technology problems will be addressed if they surface during the deposition. And there are some non-COVID-related protocols as well in the order that you might find useful. Uh, Some examples, how deposition exhibits will be numbered, how the time for each lawyer to question a witness will be divided given the number of lawyers and the number of parties in the case, how 30B6 depositions will be handled and the advance notice required for those, who is going to arrange for the deposition space for a given deposition, how objections will be phrased. And in this particular order, Judge Kaplan said it's either going to be the word objection or the word objection followed by the specific legal basis and nothing more, such as objection calls for legal conclusion. And finally, the order also touches on even the most mundane things, including when depositions can start each day, what time, and what time they have to come to a close, the number of depositions that can be taken per day, and the fact that no depositions will be taken on the enumerated holidays identified in the order. So the order confronts and resolves most of the kinds of disputes that surface in cases, and frankly, these kinds of provisions, in my view, could be adopted in many more ordinary cases in the final scheduling order if you're in federal court and have requested these protocols in your Form 52, the Joint Report of the Party's Planning Meeting. And even if you're in state court and don't have a requirement that deadlines and protocols be established at the outset, 
There's nothing to stop you from drafting a motion or a joint motion and submitting it to your court for approval. It makes sense because depositions in many cases is where most of the disputes and most of the costly disputes take place, from scheduling to location, from the hours of the deposition, you name it. And frankly, to dial back even further, it's something that some judges might consider adopting locally or in the scheduling order as a matter of routine, perhaps allowing parties to opt out of some or all of the provisions. So again, I highly recommend that you grab a copy of the order, get it off PACER, or you can email me at jim at jimgeardylaw, and I'd be glad to send you a copy. All right, as always, thank you for listening, and be sure to check out the third edition of the best-selling book on deposition strategies, 10,000 Depositions Later, the premier litigation guide for superior deposition practice.